0: This Rangers
1: are on the up and up. Your- Hello and welcome to an audition of Open All Laws, a QPR podcast that um is well reasonably okay I suppose. Um joined with two regulars and a fellow from New Zealand who went to Southampton just a to- yeah, just a bus ride, isn't it? He's originally from Maseru, so it's not that far. Um, so, first of all, I'm going to introduce Mike Harb. How are you, mate? You all right?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Paul. Um, yeah, like I said, not too, not too far away at the moment, but came okay. over from uh, New Zealand, not specifically for the game, but uh, yeah, that, that would be, I guess, uh, I'd probably need to go and see my doctor if I came over just to just to see that game. But.
1: Yeah, you know, Mary's Christchurch. has got to be some kind of religious link, isn't it?
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah.
1: see, A lovely place as well. Hope you hope you didn't get soaked like I did on the way in. Um, Robert Gilbert is back after a wee while out. Right. You all right, Robert?
3: I'm all right, Paul. How are you?
1: I'm all right. Nice to hear you loud and clear as usual. Good. And um, Simon is just recovering from the fact that he's just found out that the podcast is audio and nobody can see him as he spent half an hour trying to get himself to look like Brad Pitt. All right, Simon. <laughs>
0: Hello time. Paul, how are you doing? Good to see you.
1: Enjoy how did, Saturday. How did no first of
0: all, how did your romantic weekend go? Could have been worse. Could have been worse. No, it was alright. It was alright. We realised we enjoyed each other's company still. Yeah, that's the thing when you have a child, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not yeah, it was quite strange without him, but no, we quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed it. Southampton's a decent place to have a weekend.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So first of all, Mike, you've obviously come over to see family and friends. And yep. obviously, GPR was just what what what's it like when you come from overseas after so many years and see the arts? Because we take it for granted, let's be honest. I mean, what was it what was the day like for you?
2: Um, it was good. Like I have been in the last year I've probably been over like back home like three times in the last year. So I've been doing a fair bit of travel. Um, this time come over with the family, so my little girl and my wife just kind of come and see my mum um but every time I get over I try and get to at least well as many games as I can get to really um and it's yeah it's it's weird it's uh, I guess the place that we're at now it's one of those where you kind of question whether you should be going home and away given the performances and where the team are at the moment but I, I love it honestly I, it's one thing I miss massively about being being over here is obviously the the people um, i don't miss the place so much but i do miss football i do miss a saturday where you're walking up to, to loftus road and kind of that bars have been at the ground watching qpr play it's just something you just don't get or anything anywhere near being being in new zealand so um so
1: i, I mean I, I love it yeah how, how did you find saturday um, we... it was
2: good great stadium lovely stadium um i've not been there before so i was able to take that one off um I was actually really impressed with with how we responded to the goal, because I think when we went 1-0 down, I think all of us were probably like, here we go, like the floodgates are going to open and we're just going to capitulate. Um, but actually, we responded really, really well, and I thought Paul Smith had Ryan Manning on, on toast for the whole game, and I was really disappointed when he got taken off, like, whether it was an injury or whether it was just tiredness, I don't know what it was. But to, to take him off, he just looked such a threat every time he took, took Manning on and got, got him behind. Um, but overall, I thought I thought it was a really good performance. Um, and it, a, a draw probably would have been fair, but I mean, I, I, I think that period after the, the half-time and the second start of the second half, if we could have nicked a goal then, it could have been a different story and we could have probably at least nicked a point with maybe three, but... Yeah, not taking your chances. You always felt that the way we were playing this season, that we were going to end up getting punished for it, and we did.
1: It didn't help, Lou Simon, did it was our manning to take an injury for
0: five minutes, take the heat out of the game. Do you think that I might be cynical? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I agree with Mike about I, I left the game with a lot more positives out of it than, than I did negatives, despite the fact we to the outside we've lost another game but I think for people who are watching it and the performances this season and the performances last season are pretty much are pretty much chalk and cheese and <clears throat> yeah I'm, I made a comment last week didn't I on the um, talking about the um, training on the at the open training down I made a comment about finishing and so on and yeah I was thinking about that on Saturday and it's yet another time where it's a case of taking chances and being a little bit more clinical, especially if we're going to play with 30, 40% possession. Um, what we actually did with that 30, 40%, I would argue was more effective than what Southampton did. But again, it's all about clinical finishing. And there's a difference between Alan Armstrong, who's a 15 million pound striker and what we've, and what we've got at the moment. And, Yes, you look at Ryan Cot. You look at Ryan Collie rights at the end, and it was unfortunate that it bounced up, bounced up the way it did because that would have been, that would have been incredible. Armstrong gave him gave them no end of trouble again. A little something I noticed with him though was, um, even for the Colback goal, about making sure that he's a bit more aware about not being offside because mm-hmm. I think he would have been offside if there had been some sort of contact for the Colback goal, and obviously. There was a couple of other chances where Armstrong had got himself in an offside position. But again, I think he can he can work on that. But I think it's yet another example of performances are beginning to get better. We lasted a bit longer. We've got players improving. I thought Dizel had a I thought Andre Dizel had a decent game again on on Saturday. Kakai, yes, maybe should have been a little bit better for the second goal, but I thought he he had a decent game. I think it's another example of if we carry on playing the way we do. I'm pretty confident that that the results will come. I think to be fair with the young lad, it came up to him and he just froze,
1: which is understandable. You know, what I mean, it's like you see the headlines, you also see the goal, and he's you know he's still relatively experienced. I just hope. And I was more impressed by how the team reacted to it and after the whistle. I went over to him and sort of like, "Don't worry, about it, get your head up, mate. Don't, it's fine. These things happen." Because that was everyone, for goodness' sake. Um, but yeah, I was impressed as well. I think that we, everything that we did wrong or what we we did right this game, if that makes sense. And I think Smith is just—he's—he's he's definitely earned his No. Aaron call up. Um, and he's—he—he—I he, can see why we brought him back. He's a player we wanted him to be, and he, he stopped. So that the substitution was a bit
0: straight. I think. I can, if I jump in, I can understand why. I think Mike mentioned about the tiredness. I think with fifteen, whether whether a dome was the right person to bring on for Smith is an entirely different kettle of fish. But you could see he was beginning to, you could see he was beginning to go a little bit. So I can understand why that substitution was made, even though it it does make us worse at the moment. And that goes back to what we've been saying before about we do need. Someone at right back in an ideal world who'll come in and cover for Smith.
2: Yeah, I, think, I think you're right as well. I think he was shagged. Like you could see when he came off, he was absolutely shagged. Like he was puffing his cheeks out. He just looked completely done. So I, I get why. It's just it's just selfish. I wanted him to stay on because he looked great. He
1: obviously could do something. Robert, how did you think of it when you
3: saw? It? Yeah, I mean, it's we're losing much better, if that makes sense, than we yeah. were. Um, I, I. Maybe we've all been conditioned after last year, but that's three defeats in a row. But it doesn't particularly feel like the world's coming to an end in in QPR land because you can see, you can see what they're trying to do. Um, whilst last year when we were losing, you had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea. But this is very like right. We're going to sit in three at the back, two. You know, Field and colback are going to. Win the ball in the middle, and we'll hit you on the break. And it's simple football, but got no other option. Um, so yeah, look, they're, they're, I'm hopefully. It, look, last season we realised was built on sand, um, and hopefully the the even though we're losing, the building blocks are hopefully going in. So that yeah, yeah, that they're like we say some of the, some of these. Losses will turn into draws and wins. And they, we've had they've had tricky games. This is, you know, the three get the games they've lost have been tricky games. But Saturday was positive. Uh they gave Southampton a real scare. Uh it's such a shame that the next game is another tough away game. It's such a shame. Because you'd imagine if they were at home, you would fancy us for a point. But it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough on Saturday. Oh, Paul, you're on mute.
1: I did that because I spilled beer and I was trying to pick it off the city before ah. in my life had <laughs> Um No, but the thing is, I think you're right. And I think that, you know, we'll talk about Billsborough in a minute, but like, I just felt that, you know, with with Fox and Kirk, you know, you've got that experience at the back. They were they were, they were really helping um, Kakai on and they were really shouting out to the young lads. And I think, Carly coming on and just doing what he did, he he's not, He's good in the air. I mean, you know, he's not scared of taking people on. And I've seen the goals that he scored yesterday for the development squad and stuff. There's and definitely there. I guess in an ideal world, he'd be on loan, if we're being honest, um, to get him experience, to get him some game time and get him ready. But we're not in that position. We've just got to, it's all hands to deck. We've only got so many hours left to bring players in. On transfers, and we got loans. So I'm I'm thinking if they are going to do anything, it'll be it'll be loans. Um, and we do need the We need a right back. We need another striker, yeah. and um, just another winger. Albert, I just I, I don't know anymore. I, I really can't see it working for the lad. Yeah. I say that he's a seven or whatever. But you it know, wasn't, just... it wasn't
2: working so... like last season with a dome arrival. Like it, it, it it's just he's just like three years past his like the the tail end of the peak of his career, and. That we're just—it's—it's it's really painful watching him come on. Not only did he, not only is it painful watching him come on, he's not putting in the greatest performances, but he's also coming on for someone like Smith, who's been who put in a cracking performance. So it just kind of heightens, it, it alleviates how much more kind of the gap is between those two. It's
1: a shame though because you know it's—you
0: don't want to, you don't want his career a QPR to keep the end this way, do you mean You don't want it to come down to. No, yeah really. but but we but we say that he's been like this now since i mean to be honest I think there was a strong case for not giving him a contract at the end of 2022 mm. and yet we made it we've we've made the decision to keep him on for a couple of years and it's yeah bless him and I'm sure he's a very good influence and all that on the youngsters but there's lots of people who can do that role but watching him on a pitch it's it's painful to watch I'm afraid to say and it's obvious and and the gap in quality is is just so obvious
3: yeah
1: it's it's
0: unreal and yeah you're right we don't want it to end like that but almost I wonder to myself does does Albert want it to end like this as well does he look at himself and think hold on a minute this isn't this isn't going well for me or anything like that and I I mean I don't know what he's going to do whether he'd actually say oh Yes, oh, so it's not working. Can you pay up my contract or something? I don't know. Because I'm not in that I'm not in that position. But I think it's one, it's sad, but two, it's very, very clear he's nowhere near what we need.
3: Yeah, I I imagine it'll probably be his last season in professional football. You would imagine he'll retire at the end of it. Um but look, we gave him a silly contract. Uh, when he, when his contract was up, as we all said, why they gave him two years, no one knew he would have been a big part player anyway. He'd done really well, he'd come on, he'd filled in at that right wing back role, hadn't he, under Warburton? And he was a weapon coming off the bench, caused a bit of panic. But you know, look, we, we'll always love him because we know, we know he loves QPR, we know he gives his all. So, well, I think all the families are reluctant to to boo and grumble him, if you know what I mean, because it, it it is what it is, like a lot of things at QPR at the moment. Hopefully, um, we can bring in a right wing back on loan. I think that's actually the key position because, um, yeah, if what it would then allow us to do is almost move Smith further up and release the burden on Armstrong. Because if Armstrong's puffing after 70 minutes, Smith can go up there and use his pace. So uh, for me, it, it, if I could only have one player on deadline day, I, I, I'd I'd look to take a a wing back on loan. Uh, and I imagine that would probably be slightly easier to do than a striker. Yeah.
0: Because
3: so I can't imagine any uh, Premier League clubs going to particularly want to send a kid to us to go and be back up to Lyndon Dykes for a season. Because really, that's all they're going to be. It's going to be really tough to get a striker. And I, I wonder if that's why. Hellman hasn't moved on yet.
1: Well, yeah. It's, it's, another one, it's a shame you'd like it to work out for him, but it's not. And, um, and then, th- th- Simon, has Dykes joined the Scotland School? I think he has, hasn't he? Has he he has,
0: and I think by all accounts, he's, he could well be back for the weekend. And yeah. I think it's something we've said before. If you have Dykes and Armstrong up top, I think potentially that's going to be quite a, that's going to be a very handy combination. The only thing I thought, Mike, I don't know what you thought because it's obviously your first
1: game. And we you've been watching it from afar, um, which is normally what you feel like at Newcastle away. Um, but like when, when you're watching it, Armstrong no, up front and close and personal, he didn't get much protection from the ref inside, did he? The ref just did not want to give him anything.
2: He didn't. He's a big physical lump as well. Like he can put himself about and handle himself well. I just felt like he was really isolated a lot of the time, and that's where someone having someone like Dykes up there with him. Just to take one of the defenders' attentions away, both the centre backs were just kicking lumps out of him and pulling him this way and that, and it, you just felt like he was he was on a hide into nothing really, and and it was a lot of a lot of kind of effort, and when he got the ball, he'd try and run past two or three players, but. He just looked so isolated that it was it was going to take like something where he'd beat two three players on his own and, and get in and score to for him to really have an impact in terms of scoring goals or setting something up. So I just felt that yeah he he kind of he, he had a good game in terms of putting a lot of effort did a lot of stuff um well but kind of on a it to nothing with two two decent centre backs marking him and kicking lumps out of him as well. And, and going back to the ref
0: point, Paul, I thought he was absolutely shocking on Saturday, and it was, was even yeah. with the um. What was even worse was the linesman, a you might linesman on our side at the away end where if you'd have put a blindfold on him, he'd have got more right just by guessing as opposed to the ones he did. Because he took about thirty seconds looking at the referee and it was like that, you know, on the first naked gun when they were waiting for Frank Drebin to announce a strike, on that niche niche reference. But and it was exactly the same as that. Everyone was sort of like waiting for him. What, what are you going to do? And he did that for ninety minutes. But I think uh, the fact the referee gave Armstrong absolutely no protection. What that, that one in the first half where he would outpaced Bednarek, got the ball past him, and then went off, and the referee blew back for a free kick was absolute was an absolute shocker. Yeah, because that man. was going to be a change. He he was clean through there, and Armstrong was giving him no end of no end of problems. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to scare. He's going to scare people. Uh, but he got absolutely no protection from the ref and for the last half hour I think we got absolutely nothing. Literally, absolutely. any 50-50 decision, everything ended up going Southampton's way. I mean, he's by far and away the worst ref we've seen this season. Well, we
1: haven't had a stride yet, but he'll, he'll get me wrong for his money, that's for sure. But the line was shocking. I mean, there was we were, we were just saying, I spent about two minutes watching him and he hadn't a fucking clue what he was doing. Yeah, I think he thought he was that it, I don't even know if he had. A, he realised he actually had a flag. He could use. He's just waiting for the mic. To, the refs to tell him what to do all the time. But it was pointless. But what annoyed me is that Armstrong plays in a very passionate, physical way, and he he will talk about decisions. And this new incentive to try and do the uh, back chats, and everything else. I kind of get it in some ways, but I don't think he was being that abusive. He was just putting his hands on his head and saying like, hey, "What are you doing like that?" When you said he was he was straight through, I would I, I would have questioned that because it was a ridiculous decision. And all the way through the game, their defender was using the old prim- I mean, You can tell they're an ex-Premiership team, you know, the tricks they were doing. And, you know, I, he's raw off to fall for it. But I, I wouldn't take that out of his game, Robert, would do, Because I think the way his game is, he, he, he has to develop the way he is. <clears throat> uh,
3: he's, he's, he's our player. So he's going he's gonna to learn on our time, which which is, I think is good. But I, I will absolutely eat my hat if Sinclair Armstrong doesn't get sent off this season. He, like, oh, he, he, will. he 100% is going to get sent off this season because he's young and he plays on the edge with passion, physical. You know he runs in at the keeper. He's done it. He did it at Ipswich, did it against Southampton, didn't he? Where he goes and lets the keeper know he's there. And it's going to be a few years before he knows and realises what he can and can't get away with. Uh, it's just one of those things, an absolute... You don't want to take it out his game because... He scares the life out of defenders. It's just, he he's not as good, but he reminds me of Adama Traore a bit, the way that when he gets going, you just think, oh, I can't stop him. Nah. You just can't stop him. And, and Armstrong's the same. When he puts his foot down, if you give him the switch, you cannot stop him. There's nah. nothing he can do. And no defender in the league will be able to stop him. But if they get in his head, they'll stop him. So he's got to learn, he's got to... He's got to mature. And look, the fans are going to give him all the time and the patience in the world. Uh, he'll he'll make silly decisions, you know, shoot when he should square it and things like that. Get involved in things he doesn't need to get involved in. get red cards. But you wouldn't change him for the world at the moment. He's the most exciting player we've had for, well, probably since Eze. I'm not saying he's as good as Eze. But no, I- in terms of excitement of when he gets on the ball, you just feel that crackle in the crowd, don't you? It's very exciting.
1: What, what annoyed me, again, is is this whole thing with him because he is a big lad, but he is only 20. And referees got going to know that as well. But I, when he's 24, 25, my God, you know, it, it, they're going to need a flipping Sherman tank to stop him. He's, oh. he, he's massive. And he, he reminds me of like a... Well, he's going to get compared to Les Ferdinand. There's no two words about it. But he's he's also good with his feet or he seems to be he knows what he's doing he knows how to control it but the aggression side of it and the, the finishing will come there's no two words about it I mean that that's going to happen the same with Smith he actually hit it too well Saturday I felt he, he could have done with just scuffing that a wee tiny bit he, maybe he was trying too hard but we just people forget that's side that the, the, two of their players on the bench is probably worth our ground on our team put together so and you know I thought their fans were you know they weren't have they were a bit nervy, you know and that and that's how you judge how we're doing now look at their support and it was a bit rubbish um,
3: Yeah, we know we know what that's like when you come down you've still got the big name players there mm. You're not enjoying it because you don't want to be in the championship you think well not, not that we thought but when you've got the players you think you should be in the prem and every game is uh God got to win got to win Leicester won with three points behind them all at like, you know and it it's not enjoyable when you first come down unless you do what Burnley did, rip up your playing style and romp the league. Um, but I did see about Southampton, they've sold, the amount of money they've sold and brought in is more than if they'd finished bottom of the Premier League this season. Mad, no, isn't it? It's incredible. It's so, they, they, yeah, I, mad.
2: They did look like a team that that were still trying to uh, find their way with a few players missing, that they hadn't like fully... Yeah trained as a whole 11 together like they, they were passing kept, kept possession well but there was no real coherent like um, forward kind of movement from them that kind of looked like they were going to cause us a lot of problems in terms of getting in behind and stuff it was it was a lot of sidewards passing and kind of just keep possession keep possession rather than do anything but like what, they did well,
1: like what they did well is they they harassed us and they yeah. won free kicks I mean there's this thing of winning free kicks in my day it was called diving but there you go um <laughs> You know, but with that line, oh, to be fair, you know, I don't know, he'd, he'd give them anything. He'd probably give them a flipping bottle of champagne if they asked him. Um, So they were going down quite easy. But then, you know, they look at how much they're worth. I know that it's still quite a young squad, but the difference in quality. And that's what we're going to be. But I was I was impressed with this on Saturday. I mean, the first goal, you could fault the keeper, wee, but second goal, there's nothing nobody can do. But, you know, we're going to get there and we're going to get these. I mean, that goal, I mean... I thought he'd be, you know, in there to sort the midfield out, but didn't expect a,
0: a and ball flipping rifle, did you, Simon? No, I mean, Colbeck did score one like that, didn't he? Um, a couple of years back, mm-hmm. as an injury time equalizer against us when he was playing for Forest.
3: But oh, yeah.
0: It, it, yeah, I that. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a one all. It was a one all in October under Warburton. But yeah, you could see you could see the quality he brought in, and it immediately improved our midfield, having two. Having two holders of that quality in there helped, helped significantly. And we've talked about for years we've needed someone like that who can who can sort of bite and so on. And if we can keep Colback fit, unlike what happened with Johansson, unfortunately, we've actually got a half decent midfield too with Field and Field and Colback. And that gives the opportunity then for us to potentially go four, two, three, one, as opposed to maybe playing th- three or so in the middle, which we tried to do, which we tried to do on Saturday. And so yeah, I know we people were critical of having experienced players in, but I think you can clearly see, particularly in the short term, what benefit that's going to have. And some of our young players are going to build on that. So I was really pleased with him. And I know you mentioned about um, the Southampton fans. I just want to have a shout out for ours, because I thought they were absolute we were absolutely superb. Oh, Saturday yeah. properly got got behind everyone. And I remember the last game we went to Southampton. It was, I think, yeah. it was nine or so years ago. And I remember it was it was pretty toxic all around. It was one of those days out you get where you could tell there was a certain edge. Whereas this time, everyone has ended up being behind everyone. No toxicity at all, despite defeats. And it's something that I've noticed since since the Watford game. People do seem to be a lot more united and behind things than we might have been during the course of last season. So, that's actually been quite a nice change as well. I think, I think to be fair, the fans from the first minute to the last, which we
1: had Innsworth on the side. and it, it seems to be, you know, he's asking the fans to be patient and they're being patient, which is, I don't want to be stupid, but, I mean, to be honest with you, we've been patient for years. It's always gone per shape, and I think he knows that. And I think, you know, you talk about... Less to oh, three points behind him. I think that mentality's gone. Anyone oh, talking about us, are talking about Southampton. But I think that mentality's gone. I think we're, we're in a new era where we, we are basically a championship club and we've got to try and stay a championship club rather a championship club that could be a premiership club. And this season, get FFP out of the way and just stick with it and see what we can do. But I kind of think, Robert, I don't know what you think, and it's interesting watching him Saturday. What do we do to improve Chur if he stays?
3: Um. I, I love Ilias Chair. I, I think I still think he's our best player. Yep. Um uh, I feel really sorry for him because he has given his absolute all QPR. Uh he needs a move. And I think every QPR fan will be delighted for him to get a move. Even if it's to a championship club with loftier ambitions than ours. Um he needs a move. It doesn't look like that move's coming, which is just remarkable because we, we'd accept nothing for it. Do you know what I mean? We we are there. He's a good player that that we'd happily sell. That you know, not even in England. You're thinking about teams in France, uh, even in Saudi Arabia. He, he's uh, so he's got that market as well that's got a bit of appeal to him. I cannot believe he's still at the club. Uh, I do wonder. I sort of feel sorry for him because um, I'm sort of like, how can he, he probably can't believe he's still playing for QPR, still having a run up and down the wing and grind for Gareth Ainsworth, which isn't what he wants to do. Um, But I love him. I love him. And if he's here after the window closes, we'll be a better team for it. But I hope he's not here for him.
2: Same question, Mike. uh, I mean, he he was a, great on on Saturday. I thought his performance was excellent. He that that kind of cutting him from the wing driving into the box that he was doing. He could have probably got a shot off earlier in the first half where he did that and maybe we would have scored. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I think that he's in that kind of holding stage now where he needs to go to another club. I don't think he's going to develop any more than he than he's at, like the level he's at right now with QPR. Um, which is a little bit heartbreaking because he's always been that kind of, I want to take QPR up. I want to be there when we get to the Premier League kind of player. And the fact that he's, that's just not going to happen. Um, I, I really just hope it happens for him. And he gets into the Premier League. Uh, one thing I would say about him not moving, I, I'm not that surprised that he hasn't moved yet because it, it like, he's very, very raw still in terms of, he, he'd need a lot of coaching and a lot of kind of work from a good coach to kind of make him that, that, kind of top Premier League player that he's got the potential to be, but he still kind of has that kind of holds onto the ball a bit too long, um, tries tries things that kind of probably not on or not the sensible thing. So he's not like a, a coach's dream in that sense. So I'm not surprised that he hasn't gone because he is a bit of a punt. And if we're looking at like the eight to ten million pounds for him, then that that is a bit of a punt on a player like that. And if it's someone in the championship even more so. So I'm in total agreement. I think he's a fantastic player. He's been so great for us. Um, I hope he does get a move because I think that's the only way he's going to develop. Um, But if he's with us for the rest of the season, then we've just got that much more chance of staying up
0: with him. Simon, same question. I mean, how old is Cher? Is he 25 now?
3: Yeah, about that.
0: So I think that might be one of the reasons, particularly why. And I think it goes back to what Mike rightly says about why he might not have gone because. I think in a way, we know the qualities that he's got, but how much coaching can you do for someone who's 25 years old? If he was about two, three years younger, I think you you can certainly see the point. But it goes back to what Mike says. I think, and I don't disagree, he he does bring a lot to us, but I think for other people looking, is he going to be sort of almost like a Luke Freeman where he looks really, really good with us. And then when Freeman ended up going elsewhere, you you saw that he struggled. I I don't know really with with Chair about what he would do with another with another team. I know I think we're still hoping that Leicester might come in at some stage tomorrow if Leicester lose a few Leicester lose a few players. But it is it is quite telling that seemingly no one no one has come in come in for him Uh, but particularly given what we see and it's almost like this question about do we overrate our own players do we actually consider our players better than they are is it is there something there that other teams are seeing which i suspect might be what mike says which is the final the final sort of decision making with him and can you change that when he's when he's 25 years old
3: i think with chair i i do believe if you put him in a better team, he, he'd look a lot better. Uh, I think there's not that many players on his wavelength with us and uh, all the chances created stats and things like that. He's right at the top for the whole division. Mm. So that, that that's sort of why and he does hold on to the ball because I think he's got the ball. He knows where he wants to play it, but no one's made the run yet because, because they're not high quality enough. Uh, look, I hope he goes, well, we need the money. Um, I can't imagine he'll go for more than five, six million, unfortunately, Uh, which says more about the board, I think, than him, because they could have got much more than that last summer. But we had to hold on to all our players because we were going for it, keeping the band together. Um, But yeah, look, I hope he goes. And like all the pleasure we get from Eze doing so well at Palace, I'll get just as much pleasure unless chair scores against us. I get just as much pleasure in seeing chair do well, just like when Charlie Austin scores for Swindon, I'm delighted.
1: Well, it's like anything. I, mean, I I think it's be interesting if you find the real... Because I think he's struggling to find a role within the team at the moment. I think he's he, he's kind of... That's why you see him dotting around, but he's not kind of... He's trying to do too many things. He's hanging on to the ball too long and everything else because no one's in the, the area. And that's not a reflection of him. That's just where we are. I think he's a great player. I think the thing things a good show. I saw a game. Did you see that? Goal! Neymar scored the other day. I haven't
3: I watched. I haven't watched a second of it. It's ah. it's a load of like. Who cares? I haven't. When it's not awful. not. But, but like, it's it's a load of rubbish. It's a load of su- uh, aging superstars and League Two and Conference players. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like it's, it's like the Irish League on acid.
3: Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, That's their new tagline, Paul.
1: I tell you, there's, there's a. <laughs> Neymar is just literally not even running. You just stand there. He just lifts the shot, and the keeper just throws his hands like my subito keeper used to do when I was a kid. Go straight, bang, goal. And um, and it, you know you see so many players go out there. And you think, oh, but I'd like him to do well. I'd like him to stay here. I'd like it. I'd, like, I'd also like Willock and him to give it one last go at the move that they probably feel and they they feel they deserve and need, and just. Whatever's going on in their heads just another just isn't down and I said, listen, give it your best shot. And whatever happens, even if we lose Willock for nothing, just to get another good season out of him. Would I be."
3: Think, uh, I think Willock's a lost cause. I think he has great. been quite a, he's been for quite a while now. I mean, it's coming up to a year since he last he hasn't this calendar year, he hasn't played well for QPR once. Not once. Like he doesn't want to be here um he thought he was going up last season with Beal and he doesn't want to be here and look I get it look you get one career he doesn't what does he care about QPR you get one career uh he wants to move um but who's gonna pay money for him he hasn't played well for a year um and he will be free in a year's time so I think we'll sort of be a bit stuck with him but he doesn't want
2: to be here. It's obvious think, he doesn't want to be here. I think Ainsworth doesn't want him here either. As much as, as much as he's saying what he's saying in, in pre match interviews and stuff about Willock, it's clear that what he's doing with Chair, that he wants his creative players to work their bollocks off. Yeah, and, and Willock is not going to do that. He's just no, never done that does. in his career. <laughs> chair does, yeah, chair does, and yeah. that's but but I think he knows that Willock's never going to do that, and that's why ne- Willock never it kind of features in his plans because he's got one style of playing and, and he wants that level of effort and defensive work from his attacking players that Willock is never going to provide. So it's it's I think it's best in both both of our interests that Willock just finds somewhere else to play.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. But look, you would almost say to Willock, but. You are here, you've got to do the work. Look how Jack Grealish tracks back at City. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like that's you got to do that. Um, he doesn't want to be here, Willock. Um, and it I don't it's becoming a bit of a stick to beat the manager with, which I don't think is fair. No,
0: he's
3: not, he's not done anything with same with Richards. He's never done Richards has never done anything. Yeah. We keep being like, gotta put Richards in the team, but he also he needs a I hope they loan him out as well because. He is a waste of space, unfortunately, at the moment. I think he's, he's, um it was unfortunate with the transfer,
1: the way it happened. Because I didn't yeah. see him on his lawn to say, oh, we'll have him for next season. He's a, a great player. Now he's our player. It's kind of like, I, I don't know what's going on with Richard. I don't know if he's injured. I don't believe he is. But it's a shame because we're such a small squad. We need everyone to be fine. But my my Simon, I'm, I'm just... Seems like we've all lost lost pieces with Willock and also we've probably lost a massive transfer fee.
0: Well, we talked about Willock last week, didn't he, when when he went off on forty five, and I'll just repeat the question that he for his own good, for his own good, he's actually got to play some football this season. So it's mutually it's mutually beneficial even if we lose a big transfer fee on him, because as it stands at the moment, as I said to you last week, no one's gonna sign him. No one's going to sign him in in July, in June, July, because otherwise you're going to be looking back at 2021, 2022. So that's two seasons where he's he's not played any football. So ultimately, it's up to it should be mutually beneficial for both of us, even if willard goes because yeah, yeah, he could well be in this, this stage. You think of Luke Amos, and I didn't think Amos's attitude was that bad. He's he's not got a club, no. No, he, he's, he's, he's not got a club and people, and it goes back to what we say people talk in football and if people hear about these things with Willock, and I know I came up with a theory last week it might be he's worried about his hamstrings and that might well be the case but either way if he's worried about them not, the only way he can prove that he's going to be of any worth is to actually try and play a bit of football so actually it should be beneficial to us even if we lose a fee but for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to be happening. But for his sake, he needs to try and play some football this season. Otherwise, I think he's going to be in for a nasty surprise next next June.
1: Yeah, and the, the, then when the conference league comes, call Yeah, let's let's help him get himself sorted. Now, mm-hmm. brings on Robert. Something you just said about do we rate our players more than what they act and how good they actually are? Well, Seni Dieng, which brings us on the Saturday. Oh, yeah. I saw the figures. Of his um, ratio for saves, it's shocking. The worst in the league, isn't it? Yeah, which means he's going to have an absolute fucking stormer on Saturday. Um, <laughs> that is as nilled as a train strike. Um, what do you think, Robert? Do you think? Do, 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 yeah, have you seen those stats? I'd, with... r-
3: I'd rather have DM in goal than Begovic. And oh. oh, really? I disagree.
2: Yeah. I disagree. I, disagree. I think uh, the, the, the six Situation we're in at the moment, I think we need someone. I I don't think we need someone like Begovic, but I think Begovic is more useful to us than someone like Senator. Right,
3: my, my my point was that I think Dieng's a better keeper. I don't think Dieng's a bad keeper at all, and I'm sure he'll have a worldie on Saturday. We've played four games this season. You can't you can't read into that. Like we were top and nearly went down last season, and Coventry were bottom and nearly went up. Like I think Dieng's a great keeper that had a sticky enter last season they all got infected with whatever disease came to QPR <clears throat> they all got hard um <laughs> look when we play him at home i'll applaud senny dang like he no way. He, he he was great like again it was time ty- it was time for him to move on we sold him at the right time probably when we should have you know willock should all chair should have probably gone a year ago last summer uh, with Dien going this summer, he, you know, um, yeah, look, we, we've all seen a lot of players come and go at QPR. Um, D, Dien's just another of them, but he, he scored a goal for us as a keeper. So he'll always it'll <laughs> always be special. He'll always be special at QPR. What do you think, Simon?
0: say so I'm looking forward to Saturday because I don't think you're going to have a much better time to... To play Middlesbrough than they are at the moment. They 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 haven't started well. I don't think they've got over what happened with the playoffs some um, losing Atkom and so on. And they've not really not really replaced. I don't think we could we could ask for a better time. And if and I think if you'd have said this right at the start of June, I'd have had this down as a near certain defeat. So I actually think we can get something out of the game on Saturday, even allowing for Senidhien's form or not. There's the way we're going despite the results you can see something's potentially going to happen so i'm actually going up there saturday feeling feeling relatively optimistic about getting something out of it yeah mate
2: um it's one of those where like i i, I share the same opinion as simon i think i think we're going we've got a good chance which ultimately means that we're going to get pasted 3-0 like i think any time we we have any shred of optimism we're going to gonna end up getting hit with reality very, very hard. But I I, I genuinely think that we do have a good chance. I, I do think that just touching on um what Simon mentioned as well about the experienced players earlier that we brought in, I think in in um Colbach and um Simon Cook or Steve Cook, sorry, um that those two are actually like Experienced players that still have a lot to offer, still have a lot to give, and I think in like tougher away trips like this against Middlesbrough away, Southampton away, you saw you saw what Colback and um, Cook brought on Saturday in terms of the amount of like talking that Cook was doing. The, that there was at one point in the second half where Col- Colback tracked half the pitch back to to make that tackle when you could see he was almost cramping up as well, and and that is the kind of I think there's a big difference between that and a, and a Stephanie Hansen and a Charlie Austin in terms of they still got a lot left in the tank. Um, or maybe not a lot, but have got enough left in the tank to offer a lot of value to us. And so I think going to a place like Middlesbrough in in the spot that they're in, I think I, I feel a lot more confident having seen what we could do at Southampton away. That if we replicate that effort and that kind of style of play that we stick to, everyone's disciplined, everyone sticks to the game plan. I, I think we can get something. I don't know whether that's a point or, or whether we can nick a win, but uh, I, gen- I genuinely feel optimistic after Saturday.
1: I think Call Backs would sort of get a lot of stick off them for these um, yeah, yeah. connections, but I actually think he's a better player, even a half-fit version, of which is what we've got now. He's getting there. That I, I imagine when he used to play against, because he is horrible to play against. He was, he was in his face, and you just you're just busy abusing him. And um, but when he's on your side, and what I like about him and Cook, as I said earlier, they're talking to players, they're bringing them into the game. They're, That the the bullock and praise in equal measure. So it's not just a negative voice you're hearing. And I just think that we're getting a good balance. We can just work that low market. But I think Saturday, I think Saturday will get a good reception from the Rangers fans that bravely make it up there. God help them. are not going to have an easy journey. That's what we're making sure. Because there's no reason not to, to be honest with you. Um, So I hope we give him a good reception and he drops a clanger. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, think there's anything like I don't think any QPR fan holds a, holds any ill will towards Senad Yang. He was he was decent enough for us. Did a good job. Scored that goal against Sunderland. We all hold him in a little bit higher esteem because of that goal. And and like wish him well, but just hope he like you said drops a clang on Saturday.
1: God, I mean, listen, I you know if I'd alter up played against us, I, I'd hope he fell over a post. You know he's one of the greatest players we've seen. But you know it, it's it's interest as well that he's gone there and his percentage isn't great. But I think Simon hit me on the head. They've sold a player they can't replace, which is what happens in this flipping league, isn't it? You sell, and we saw that we lost like Field the other week, and, and you know you go to pieces so easily. But I fancy is to I think we can turn the move on Saturday and I think we can get a result, and I'm pleased they didn't sack the manager straight after Saturday's result, which would be a knee-jerk thing to do, which gives us another week and another chance. And yeah, um, yeah Sunday we'll probably have a, 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 a game, and we just need like a, a Steve Cook flipping 30-yard bullet header, that'll do me 1-0, get another win under our belts and just keep driving on. Because that's all we can do. My ambition this season is just not to get relegated, And if that means that we end up having the table, you expect all good. Because I've I've honestly got no... Which is terrible, really, because you want ambitions, but I haven't got any. I mean, is that wrong, Simon, do you think? Or is that just where we are?
0: No, not at all. I think think even the most optimistic QPR fans in the summer would have been looking at aiming to stay up this season, given the way that we ended last season and potentially losing some of our players. I think what's what's been really pleasing is the fact that we've shown that we can be competitive, which after the first game against Watford, there seemed to be absolutely no evidence that we'd be even competitive in the Championship this season. So given the fact that we've given ourselves an opportunity and and we've made ourselves competitive and also we're starting to give some of our youngsters... And some of the people in the development squad a little bit more time on the pitch. And it was mentioned earlier, that's going to all go well for next season, should we stay up that we've given a lot of our youngsters that type of experience, particularly yeah. when we're potentially going to have our financial fair play headroom next season. So I can understand why everyone didn't feel optimistic, but I think I've seen enough to say that we're going to be we're going to be competitive this season.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And do you know what? Obviously, you don't want them to go down. If they go down playing how they've been playing, just sort of hold your hands up as a fan, don't you? I've got we've got players here that are giving a hundred. We we can see though, as fans, when they're giving a hundred percent, when they're going to their limits, and they're going to their limits. Okay, some of them aren't good enough, and that's that's not their fault. I don't think that's Gareth Ainsworth's fault either fault is above their heads and so look. I, I'm much more enthused that, than, than I was uh, I think we all are because we can all see that you've got hopefully young players getting better Is what we hope and we all know it's not how you start a season it's how you finish it because we learned that the last two years so I've played four years there's 42 games to go there's so much football to go, so I'm quite relaxed at the moment. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we'll be OK. I'm hoping
1: to see more of Juke um, playing for us, I think, McKenna. I think is it, is it, there's a lad there that
0: maybe could come on as an impact for a couple of minutes and see what he can do. I must admit, I mentioned that um, last week that I was surprised he didn't come on uh, in the Ipswich game. I have to say at the Southampton game, I thought he looked, I'm afraid to say, he looked quite out of his depth.
1: Did. I think yeah. that was the wrong time should he have come on for smith
3: i uh, i'm i'm not sure he's i'm not sure he's good enough I, I don't like saying that but i think he's 22 23 already he's yeah. never had a decent loan spell uh you know he was at late he wasn't in that late norient team last year with kelman and smith he went to talkie. I, do, I don't think he's quite good enough um but if that's all we've got, then you just gotta chuck him on, haven't you? And say, run around and put your foot in. That's it. I don't think he's useful for anything more than that.
0: The that one me? the one who potentially could come in, who we talk about some of the youngster's is um, the Iraqi lad or Biora. He's yeah, someone know. who's been who's been mentioned quite a lot, and he's someone who can potentially come in, in that defensive midfield position. And I think he potentially could be someone who, as the season goes on, I think he could get a few more minutes, much like Collie's doing at the moment.
1: Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen clips yeah.
0: of him.
1: He, he, he does get involved. He does well. And he, he could... Be, I mean, again, it could be a loan
3: move first and then bring him in. But he looks good. I mean, Collie, I think. Collie's it's the good. one. Collie's... I mean, he's been with us since he was eight. He's from Hounslow. And you're just sort of thinking... God, it's all there, isn't it? You know, a a rubbish team to bring through a a a classic QPR number ten from the area. Oh, it's all there to be something wonderful, isn't it? Hopefully, Mm -hmm. it's why we go. It's why we go to football.
0: But there's a lot to be. I think there's a lot to be said as well for instead of doing these loans and so on. A lot of the time, for the last seven or eight years, we've said that's what we're going to do, and there's been a lot of times where we've been giving players loan after loan after loan after loan and not seen any progress. I think people are a lot more forgiving when when you can actually put them straight in because I think almost you're at a stage of it shit all get off the pot. Yeah. With a few of them, particularly particularly the ones who are like twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, like,
2: that, if you're not gonna be good not, enough yeah. at
0: twenty twenty one, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be good enough in a year or two's time. So I think yeah. the fact that we now got ourselves into this position is quite good because it means then that We are trying people, and we can genuinely say yes they're they're good enough, they're not good enough and I think again people are a lot more forgiving about that if they're coming through our our own system as opposed to say some premier league some premier League academy graduates who we were signing who were like 21, 22 and are not good enough we'll We'll deal with it a lot better if we're doing it through like the under 18s at the moment look like they've got something about them. So I actually think it's quite nice that we're doing that and it, it's almost at a stage where I don't think we necessarily need to do as many loans.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. We do need bodies. I think there's no two ways about
1: it. I mean, I was only thinking about Drew because I, I think he's, you, you forget he is actually the age he is, but I just, you're so desperate for these kids to do well, aren't you? So yeah. desperate for Dixon to come in as well and do well and you're thinking, oh, I just want them to do, do stuff because A, it means that the better they do, the better we do. We can get transfer value if they do really well because let's face it, that's what the ethos of the club is. Uh, Bring them in cheap or youth. Sell them high. Um, You know, and we're not doing that. You never know, you never know. I mean, I remember people surrounding me um, had a go at Eze and I I, I was amazed. I thought he was one of the greatest players of that side at that time and you could tell you something about him but some people just didn't like him which still me. Hey ho, there you go. Now, Mike, did Saturday disappoint in the fact that you, you I don't know, do you watch in the, in Christchurch in New Zealand, do you watch it with a group of QPR fans? Is there two or three of you out there? Do you watch it on your own? Or
2: what? I, I generally watch it on my own. The games are the games are on uh or anywhere between depending on the what time of year it is, anywhere between like two and four in the morning. Um oh. so it's uh, it's a fairly it, it's a fairly brutal watching experience and, and generally a fairly um like only one, I just get up in the middle of the night and uh, make sure I don't wake my daughter up on my way to the front room and uh, and watch QPI. And generally, I'm generally turning the TV off ten minutes before the end. So uh, it's uh, it's that's generally the experience of um, of watching it. So it's obviously a lot better, a lot more kind of what I'm used to being back over, here, and that's what I kind of love about it as well. And you kind of get to interact with a lot more fans um whereas over there it's kind of you're just kind of interacting via forums or via twitter um generally like pre and post match but like not during the match there's no kind of supporters group in in the south island in Christchurch where I am so have I so yeah, met it's... any other fans in New Zealand I, I have met probably like two or three um I worked with I worked with a fellow that was a QPR fan which shocked me it shocked me that I, I met a fan a QPR fan on that that far around the world, but um not there's not many that I've I've met. I know that Australia's got a, a pretty um pretty good group. I think it's Melbourne, the
1: Melbourne Oz. Um quite a few Sydney as well. It's weird though because you kind of you, 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 the stereotype of New Zealand is it's rugby land and all so, and then if they are not going to be the football it's going to be Liverpool, Man U, the usual suspects. So the fact you men on the QPR file, I suppose is pretty decent, you know. But I suppose being from Males know even though so many major fans. If I had none, all of a sudden, it must be a bloody culture shock.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. And I think uh, th- that's another reason kind of why I'm coming back here and being able to talk to people about QPR and them, having any semblance, semblance of interest about them um, as well while you're talking to them is pretty, pretty nice because it's, it's generally falls on deaf ears. I've converted my father-in-law. He's a he's a Kiwi farmer that is now a, a big QPR fan. Uh, he tends to follow the games along with me, but yeah.
1: What are you doing?
2: But, yeah. I mean, if I if star. I have to suffer, he has to suffer. Someone's got to suffer.
1: Hey, daughter, your your father-in-law. Oh, Jesus, man, you yeah.
2: know my daughter. Well, my daughter, it's just it's just a birthright. It's just She has to walk that path and experience that pain.
1: Oh mate we all do it to our kids. They stop. Just hitting. on
2: the on the on the youngsters. I was I was wondering what you thought. because I saw that um Stephen Baller or Baller was on the bench on on Saturday. Um, and I was surprised that he didn't get a run out given his form. He's he's done really well lately in the in the development squad, and um, I thought that he would be a more natural replacement for someone like Smith rather than Adomo, especially when we're two one down. Like, what what are your thoughts on someone like like Bala coming into the squad? The thing, I the he's
3: thing not... is, he's what 18 years old. He's very young to chuck on and say we got to create something away to Southampton. I mean, yeah. someone like. A dozy, I think Dozie had gone off, but I mean, he's going to absolutely murder his. He's probably never come up against something like that in his life. I think it does seem like that under eighteen side might have something about them, and there might be one or two that can make it. But we've look, Eze spent a, was he didn't come in straight away into the middle of the team. He was in the team, out the team. It, it, we 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 have to. I think we'll have to temper up. My opinion is that. We have to be a bit patient and temper our expectations. Look, Sinclair Armstrong played a whole year, didn't score a goal, and now looks like a bit of a different player. So let's... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Look, yes, ideally, he'd come on and, and been brilliant, but I, I think that the under-18 lot are, are still a little bit off. We'll see later in the season, though.
0: I the other thing about Baller is Baller's an attacker, so essentially what we'd have done is potentially had him as a right-back, which, particularly for his debut, and you quite rightly said, well, we get up against the likes of a dozy, I think would have been would have been very, very tricky indeed. Um, yeah, personally, personally for me, it's lovely to see that there seems to be this gateway now where he scores a hat-trick in the middle of the week, and then he's on the sub bench, and that's happening a lot more now, which is really good to see. But I think, yeah, personally bringing him on in that game, unless you were bringing him on as an attacker, I think you'd have been setting the pool lad up to fail.
1: I think a lot the lot of people I talk about talk about him here. I don't see the under-18 games. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't They like him and they think he's got serious potential, but you know, it, it's such a massive, massive step from that level into... I mean, was it... When we played Arsenal that time and Donnell Furlong, it was was it, and he got absolutely mullered and I came out of that game thinking oh God he's going to have nightmares about that that evening you know he's marking one of the best players in the world and it just didn't work out well for him and you do fear for, but I think you know, it's good that we're talking about it a little Mike I mean that's a brilliant question that you know instead of just looking at how what 40 year old can we bring in what 36 year old can we bring in what 39 year old can we bring in who can we get a loan who hasn't quite made it you know we're looking at our own kids and saying oh do you know what Maybe maybe they'll do a job but I'll take that all day long. And you know what? Maybe he will get a chance. And then when he does get it, he grabs it with both hands and, and solves that problem down that flank. And or you know, him and Smith could maybe come on for an impact solving Smith's. Because I think it's all this sports science stuff, isn't it? People talk to me about it and too old to understand it. Um when I was playing football, you just you can't well I, I seen me play football, Lee said, so just mended. Um, and <laughs> you know it's kind of one of them things, but it's it's good. I mean. Well, he's, everyone says he's, there's, there's something about him like Robert said he's from the local area he looks like a footballer he, he's got the attitude he's got no fear love it and I, I you know and why not but when we bring them in it's going to be the tricky bit and making them stay in and hold the place and, and keep their heads because the other thing you don't want to do is bring a kid in and then they lose their place because someone's come up a or someone's coming in transfer and their confidence hits it goes through the floor so Carefully managed, you never know. But um, we certainly be looking for a goalkeeper after next season, I think. I think the, the Burkovic is, is probably what the season would be. Can't see it being longer than that. So be interesting, mate. But I'm glad you asked that question. I mean, I think Steve Cook's got a future as well, I'm being honest.
2: Well, he's got a couple of seasons in him, just like Colback. I think both of them shown that they've got enough about him already. Uh, I, I, I mean, Cook, Cook really did bail out K- Kakai uh, two or three uh, times at least on Saturday.
1: Actually, mate. To be fair, has improved
2: the minute. Has, yeah, yeah. He made a, he made a few few um, forward runs as well on on um, on Saturday that looked quite good as well. Um, but he definitely got bailed out a couple of times by Cook, and that's what okay. Cook's there for that that experience, that reading of the game. And he has got legs still, and and he just dominates in the air. He's strong. I imagine he's quite horrible to play against Steve Cook. Brilliant.
1: That's what you need. Yeah. But what I did like about Ezi Ezi an egg. Ezi what <laughs> see Brilliant. that's what. I just, I'll start talking about bloody Dave Thomas the a minute and flipping everyone else. Now, what I did like about Kaka is when he lost possession, he fought the way back and run the ball back and then pushed through to Smith. He would have done that a year ago. His head would have just gone down. He would have looked at the floor and his, he would have felt his world collapsing. So something's going on there. It can only be a good thing. I still don't think he's a right back in a million years. I think he's more right-hand size centre-half, in my personal opinion. But, um, you know, what do I know about football sport QPR for Christ's sake? Right. I know we've kind of done score protection, but we should do it properly as these podcasts, they tell me, they should have a format, although I've never figured out one, but
3: there you go. Robert? Uh I'll go nil-nil. Really? No, yeah, why not? No one ever goes nil-nil. I'm going nil-nil. Pragmatic choice, that is. <laughs> I'll take that. Nil-nil.
1: Really? Oh, why not? Alright, to so everyone listening, still make the trip, you never know. Um, Mike? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two-one Rangers. I think we can nick something. Um, I think that if Dykes is back, that will get us get us uh, increase our chances of getting a goal and bringing Sinclair more into the game and giving him some support. So I'm gonna go two-one.
1: Yeah, that's more like it. I know you're probably right,
0: Simon. Right. Whilst I'm whilst I'm optimistic, we'll get something. I reckon it'll be a point. So I'm going to say one-one. I love
1: this podcast. It's starts off, yeah, we could do really well to the predictor, I reckon, all took this it side. It's, yeah, I think it's going to, I'm with Mike, I think it's going to be 2 1 either way, but hopefully, <laughs> the manager sacked. I mean, I don't want to say nil nil, Robert, because hey, everyone listening to this is going to make that trip. It, it, you know, they might turn around and, you know. You'd rather
3: that than lose 2 1.
2: No, if you, if you asked all the fans if they take 0-0 on a guaranteed point away at Middlesbrough, would you take it now?
3: Oh, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, but, you know, you're getting sport now, aren't you? You want to see a Sinclair goal. I mean, all right, 1-1. Yeah. Sinclair goal. Actually, I don't want them to score, actually. No, I, I take it back. 1-0 ranges, because I don't... i just like to get a couple of clean sheets. You know what I mean? We can build on that. And then we can get that defence. No, no, I'm going 3-0 now. I saw it. I'm going for it. I've topped us <laughs> up, it. Smith too, Sinclair the other one. Why the hell not? Dykes has been an absolute pain in the arse because he wants to get fit for the Scotland game. Simon, what do you reckon? Am I mad?
0: I'll stick with 1-1. One, one.
1: Fair enough. Um, I'm going to start with the R's end and then to go to anyone else. Mine's quick. I love the Sinclair Armstrong flag on Saturday. I think it's brilliant. Absolute kudos to the guy who thought that up. I think it's a brilliant flag and um, I love seeing them sort of things. And um, I was well happy with that. Wasn't so happy with the downpour before the game, which was horrendous. And my engine wasn't like, coming on the valley the way down, there, which is going to be the me. But apart from that, it was a lovely trip. And um, it's a shame we
3: lost. But I thought we were well worth the point. Robert, your ours end. Um, I mean, I was going to talk about Cher, but we talked about him. I noticed against Ipswich at home, they've changed the pre-match music back to what we used to have. Um. So... The poems is the poem still there? I don't know. You, anyway, the 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 pre-match mu the retro pre-match music is back, but still no Tina Turner, simply the best. I think,
1: only... I think we've gone back to playing Coldplay, haven't we? I'm never there. Yeah, for the yeah, guys yeah, but, yeah.
3: Oh. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought, oh, that's different. That's really all I've got for Arsene. Sorry, not particularly enlightening. So nil nil, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like...
2: Well, hopefully uh Gareth Ainsworth will be um singing a happy song with his covers band after after Saturday and we uh we get a good result. Um like I said I, I think there'll be some some movement before before uh Saturday. I think someone will be someone might leave, like someone like Chair, someone like Willock might leave Um and we'll probably get a loan in. So hopefully that'll give us a, a new hero to uh to worship as well as Sinclair. I, I think just on that flag that I saw that as well and he must just be absolutely
1: buzzing when he looks into the crowd okay. and sees a flag like that what it was
2: the flag with...
3: I, I, I didn't see the
1: flag what was the flag It's the Irish flag with Sinclair in the middle but it just look just look nice. brilliant from the um, just the image of him Um, just yeah young lad seeing that like Mike says amazing huge kudos to who did that so um, what, so Mike you're saying on your hours end carry on
2: uh, I was just saying that hopefully Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth can have a, a peaceful sing-song with his band after after that's, Saturday and we get a decent result, and 2-1, uh, 2-1 and to the odds.
1: That's why, because I remember you said that. Okay, I, my head holds nothing. Can't remember names, can't remember dates. Pretty cool, but anyway, um, does it bother you, that band thing? Because it doesn't really bother me, but I see a lot of people on social media get absolutely
3: about it rightly or wrongly but i'm not really bold of be singing the band when he played for us as well like it's great i love i love ainsworth i just love really, it. it i just want it to work so much for him absolutely what,
2: what do people expect him to do go home and just go to bed like he, he's allowed to have a life like he, he's, he enjoys music and he's that's just a hobby that he's got so i've got no problem with it at all
1: apparently Coldplay play and enjoy music as well but i'll get to see it so there you go <laughs> um, i haven't got a problem with it i mean i, I I generally haven't got a problem because I don't really care if he can sing or not. I don't care if he makes records. It doesn't make records He's good. He's not my type of music. It's not many. But at least he's different. We used to love managers that were different. We used to love characters in the game. And now, you know, they're all like bloody Nigel Pearson and just stand there from the camera, look like they're growling at someone or something like that. I don't know. What do you think, Simon?
0: Because we're all... I've got no problem with Ainsworth doing, doing that. It's like different people have different people have different hobbies and so on. And if he wants to do that, best of of luck to him. Um, Going back to mine. um, Yeah. So it's essentially good luck to everyone who's making a journey up to Middlesbrough. I know myself and, Myself, I'm a good lady going up. we got family up in um, just outside of Middlesbrough, so that's quite handy. And it also brings back, and I'm sure this person won't mind, I won't name him, we went to a Middlesbrough game in um, 2014, the one which we won 3-1, and it involved one of my funniest moments um, where we had a weekend up in York and we went out to a bar in Middlesbrough, got six pints of fosters, paid with a £20 and got changed for a tenner and it was one of those where we just ended up going back and we said no no take it take it we can believe that it was one pound know, it was it what the good old days where it was one pound 60 a pint. and my and my other top bit from there was someone else who went with us after the game was giving it the big and giving it the big and and winding up all of these Middlesbrough fans um not realizing that there was a bollard on the way so he went he, he cracked his bollocks right in it and was ending up on the floor, which gave which was probably one of my um, yeah probably one of my biggest highlights in Middlesbrough. So hopefully hopefully we'll we'll have a good day like we did there. One of my biggest
1: highlights in Middlesbrough is an absolute flea I stayed in a couple of years ago in Eaglescliff. Jesus, I can still remember them fleas eating me alive. Jesus, there's a B and B in Eaglescliff near the train station. Don't stay in it, and there she will Please, that's all I'm it's saying. Quite nice,
0: Eagles. Eaglescliff's quite nice. That you wasn't. were just
1: unlucky. Yeah, so in my life. Born the 13th. Happens all the time. Right, <laughs> everyone. I think we've uh, ended the podcast. And a pretty positive podcast as well, which after Watford, I didn't think would be possible again this season. I thought it was going to be one long morning fest. Meg, and I would ask you to join us when you're... I feel bad getting you up at one o'clock in the morning when you're you're back home. So we'll have to... Work at a pod I, so you can...
2: I, I, I'm going to be up anyway, watching games and stuff. So if you if you want me to, I'm more than happy to oh, share, my, share my opinions.
1: And I hope you meet some more QPR fans out there because it's therapy meeting ourselves. It is. You it, it, thank you for joining us. It's a brilliant debut, by the way, Simon. So, mean, As always, brilliant. And you don't need to come on with your brat pig wig and your makeup on and stuff like that, mate. It's just lovely. Don't don't worry. No worries. Doesn't really matter. Robert, good to have you back mate, don't be a stranger and hopefully get you back on again soon All this right. is a, this is, We are the QPR Podcast, come on Rangers Three points Saturday No nil nils